You're listening to Yeg Hustle, a podcast about mindful entrepreneurship. These are your hosts, Jay Downton and April Prescott. All right, we are back with another episode of the podcast. How's it going? Good. Feels like it's been forever since we've done one. I know. Well, there was a little bit of a break and you were on a couple other podcasts which we've shared with people. We're back. We are back. We are back. Uh, So in this episode, we thought that um, typically in our podcast, we try and share something that's right on the surface and recent so that we can um, be really clear in uh, helping you guys kind of see the process that we go through. So recently, um, Jay uh, found himself in a situation where essentially he was feeling really overwhelmed um, from this situation. So we thought this would be a perfect opportunity to help walk people through what that was like for you and then uh, give a little information about that and um, what it felt like for you and the process that we went through. Yes, yes. Interesting week. Um. Yeah, so feel free to share share uh, your piece of the story and then we'll kind of go into a little bit deeper. So I think... So what happened this week was something that hasn't happened uh, or I haven't had to do in a long time. And I think, you know, as I've kind of took some time to reflect on this, I can kind of see kind of the pieces of the puzzle that kind of lead me to where I was uh, texting April being like, fuck, I failed. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like something where I thought, I, you know, in a normal circumstance I would be, I would deliver on and, I felt like I didn't. And this circumstance is essentially a job interview. Uh, I interviewed for a, um, a position that uh, um, for me is, is very important as I kind of embark on my, on my journey um, as a, a, as an entrepreneur, but also as, you know, someone who wants to, you know, play a small role to help make Edmonton a better place and put it on, a, on, on the map. So a situation occurred that uh, I was invited to, to take a swing at um, being a, uh, one of these, one of these people, I guess, uh, on a mm-hmm. bigger scale. Um, although, uh, official announcements won't happen for a while about who, who's involved and whatnot. So I got to kind of stay mum on the subject, but anyways, Wednesday, you know, I knew there's this interview on Wednesday I was going to have, and it was going to be with some, you know, people way more important than I. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I went away camping and I was being well behaved. I was doing all the right things to kind of get myself, you know, not so I'm in a, you know, a rundown state come come Wednesday for this. But, you know, Wednesday comes, you know, I think I do preparation for it. Uh, and then this interview comes uh, and I had 15 minutes. And, you know, it went by so fast. And then the minute that that Zoom call ended, I was just like, fuck. I'm like, Jay, you missed, you know, you know, like normally I like to I I like to have a bunch of points that I hit on, especially around certain subjects. And I'm like, I miss like three points that I normally bring up normally. Then I started beating myself up for being lack of prepared. And why did I go away on the weekend and doing all these things. I'm texting April being like, cause she knew what was going on and just being like, uh, I interviewed poorly. Um, and 
she started asking the questions April's April does to try to drill <laughs> down at what's fueling all this and why am I feeling like I did? Because, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, I just went, I went super, uh, deep on and over analyzing things and kind of allowed it to consume me. And to the point where I was like quasi hysteric in the sense of like, you know, it, it, it carried with me for two days and, um, April would check in, like, how do you feel about this now? And I was just like, I'm still beating myself up. I was, you know, going to bed, replaying the whole thing. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm like, I'm like, why, like, why didn't you say that? Normally you would do this. Why were you being this person? And I think, you know, in hindsight, kind of what it was is I was going back to a position of, of, of actually doing a job interview uh, which is something I hadn't done. And I just let the nerves of that consume me and just mm-hmm. make me overanalyze everything I, uh, everything I thought I said and did during that interview. Um, you know, I thought, I thought I was rambling. I thought I was, um, you know, not, you know, not getting all the information out that I wanted to get out in order to be able to order in, in order to sell myself to be an accepted candidate. So I, I just kind of lived with it for two days um, and talked to April a bunch about it. And, you know, all for not all this beating up myself up was for not because I ended up being selected as one of these candidates, which now kind of opens up now something of like, okay, what can we learn from this? Because Jay clearly needs some help (laughs) for these kind of circumstances, (laughs) because for two days there, I was carrying this stress um and 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 just from from just over analyzing it and it was just coming from a sheer place of just you know nerves you know for me that was like uncharted territory for a long time also i was the people i was talking to on the zoom call i was intimidated by and i just let all these things kind of pile up to then over critique what i did after the fact and then just kind of allowed myself to uh, stay in a, in a moment of, of, of stress for, t- for two, two days about this when in fact, you know, I should have just been accepting of what happened and realized what was causing me to feel like this um, and just sat and lived with it and just patiently waited for the outcome, good or bad. Um, but it was something that carried with me. So uh, I know it's kind of vague in terms of the, the subject matter because ter- I can't uh, share too many details yet, but um it just unlocked, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't get uh, overwhelmed like that much, uh, very often, especially in that kind of setting. But the fact that it was an interview, it was, you know, I, I, I was I was talking to people I, I, I felt were, you know, way above my scale. And I just let all of that just weigh on me um, and change how I normally am. Because normally if something like that happened where I'm like, oh, OK, that was a micro fail you know what, let's learn from it and move on. I just let it just consume me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even a failure. It's just, mm-hmm. I allowed myself to go hypersensitive and just dig into all of the negative of all this. Um, mm-hmm. And I let it, I let it win for two days. And I think too, like, I don't think that you're done fully processing it. I think there's definitely going to be stuff that's going to pop up from it or really around like the why, like when you really dial down into the root of, um, and that's usually what happens when, when we become overwhelmed or stressed, that there is like a perceived threat to some, some part of us. So 
you know, the first layer is kind of like a threat to a basic need. So, um, and I like to use Dr. Dan Siegel's model of feeling seen, safe, soothed and secure. And so those are like the basic needs, right? Like, and a lot of times when people are in positions like this, where it might be, you know, they have a job interview and if they don't get it, they can't pay their bills, uh, which this was not the case for you. But, you know, that would then directly fall under like safety and security, for example, where that's a legitimate threat to your safety and security. And therefore it makes sense to be stressed. And then the next layer above that um, comes from the neuroleadership model, Dr. David Rock, where he talks about the SCARF model, where you then have threats to status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. Um, and so when you look at kind of those nine kind of categories, and they, you know, overlap and such, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on which one of those, if you were able to pinpoint where you felt like the, the stressor was coming from, and you might not even have that answer now, but, um, you know, like stress happens because we feel threatened. And even if it's something like this, that, you know, when we were discussing it, we're like, well, what's the worst that happens? You don't get it. And it wouldn't really change your day to day, right? Like it would just be like, oh, I didn't get it. And yet you were still so concerned about your performance. So I don't know if you have anything to add or elaborate to that piece of like where you think that the perceived threat was coming from. I honestly, um, as I kind of look into this uh, more, and it's always good to talk about these things because it kind of opens up uh, a different level of thought um, towards it uh, mm -hmm. or towards things. For me, it's, I think, I think honestly, initially, where uh, ultimately where the nerves come from is just I didn't, I never thought this would be an opportunity or a position I would be worthy of. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that it was presented, I was like, well, I have to, in terms of like, you should go for this. I was like, well, I have to go for this, but I'm like, I don't even fit the bill of someone who does this. And um, I think I was putting a lot of pressure, that was creating a lot of pressure uh, and, and, and stress because I'm like, well, I, 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 I never foresaw myself being someone that, um, you know, would, would sit in this role. And uh, I think that was, I was allowing that to weigh on me. And so maybe there's some, uh, like the fact that I got a shot um, to, to go for it. And then I had this, you know, interview for this after a, a, there was a series of interviews that led to this bigger one where I talked to these, to me, you know, when I was greeted by this one individual, I was like, holy shit. Um, I think uh, I, I, I think me not feeling worthy of that and then having a shot still to do it, um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. So that's why coming out of it, I just immediately went to super criticism of myself being like, you could have been better and you should have been better because this is such an opera. Like this is something that, you know, you shouldn't even be involved with. Yeah. And I think, I think that is what, you know, really um, made me, react that way uh, or I allowed myself to react that way because I wasn't aware that that was actually what was driving all that now in hindsight yeah I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm, and I'm, I'm feeling that so that's good so that's going to be one of the learnings carried forward if I'm ever feeling something like that to kind of look at what's kind of creating that trigger I normally yeah. you know I work with April on you know day-to-day -day triggers of operations of the businesses I'm in 
not like some kind of, uh, not something like this. So, you know, I think it was the fact that I, I had a lot of self-doubt going into it, but I just thought I would try it. And the fact that I got as far as I did, um, mm-hmm. I think I just, it, you know, it's just like, it's that, uh, it's that kid, you know, who's, who's, who's worked hard uh, at the lower rungs of hockey and just kind of climbed up the ladder and then got the call to play, you know, his first game in the show and just all the nerves and the nerves that can be generated and the, and the, and, and the pressure you can put on yourself from that where I should have put no pressure on myself. Uh, and then I would have come out of everything feeling better and just enjoyed the fact that the opportunity was presented to me and ride, just ride the, the vibes of that that provides. Yeah. I think that's a perfect example of how hindsight does tend to be 2020. And that's why it's so important to be reflective and reflect and reflective from a place of like, open honesty and non-judgment about how you responded. And I love that you went back to hockey because typically what, ha- what happens in these moments is that in, in, in the present day moment, there was some, some form of threat to me, the lay- the level that you were at was kind of like being seen for who you truly are. And there's always this piece of like, we all have in us this like not good enough monster. I'm not good enough. And so that we kind of create this inner turmoil, but there's usually at some point in time, something in our past or someone in our past, you know, even if we had lovely parents and all of this stuff where we didn't feel good enough or we were told we weren't good enough. And I, I had a very similar experience to you where I, I played high level rugby for a very long time, had a lot of people tell me, Oh, you're good at this. You should, you should play higher level rep, all of that stuff. And I would never try out. I would like self-sabotage. And then eventually I tried out for varsity and I literally went just to see what the experience was like. I had no plans on making it. I was like, there's absolutely no way at the time when I tried out for U of a, the bulk of the team, like large majority of the team played for Canada. So like, we're talking like elite level athletes and I got on and I literally got on and, and ended up winning rookie of the year afterwards and, and played all but one game. And I was like, how does this even happen when I went in with like, like this very low expectation of myself, but someone else saw in me what I didn't see in myself. And yet I, I struggled. It was a week long um, tryout process, which was hell. And I made it through the other side. And I distinctly recall being out with my friends just be everyone was like did you make it and I was like you know what at this point it it doesn't matter to me anymore you know like I I made it through tryouts and that was enough and then I found out that I made it so our inner voices and our inner monsters can really wreak havoc and can essentially tell us lies about what actually happened it can really skew our view as to what actually occurred yeah it's it's weird and uh because I did I got the call yesterday uh, saying that I was I was successful as a successful candidate, and I I even said and I shouldn't even have said it to the lady, but I feel like I built rapport. I'm like, oh really? I'm like I'm like that makes me feel so much better because I actually thought I struggled with the interview. Uh, and she's like, no, you're like you 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 probably presented the best, and I was like, wow, what? I'm like <laughs> so like what what am I doing? Like I so I did yeah. prepare. I did like. So I was beating myself up. I'm like, why yeah. didn't you prepare better? Like, why did you allow yourself, you know, you, you know, you set yourself up to fail. And I'm like, and I, I don't know. I was just, like I said, but it was, it was, I, I think it's all because all along I was excited about this, but I was also like, I'm not worthy of this. And I mm-hmm. think that was, was really driving that voice. 
Mm-hmm. Perception is just such a tricky beast. And, and I, I hope that people who are listening to this, cause I know a lot of our listeners know either you or, or me or both where I think you present as someone who's quite um, confident, especially in what you're doing in day to day, right? Like you've established yourself in the business community in Edmonton. And although everybody knows, like there, there are going to be day to day things where you probably second guess or question, but on the whole, you know, you come off as, as a, as a confident person. And then I hope that people who are listening to this, you can also then see that it's like, there is always going to be these other pieces of ourselves that show up where it was just like, Oh, Jay actually thought he wasn't good enough for this and not from a place of ego. Right. Like it's, it it was literally like I, and you and I had talked about this of like what this position will mean for you is still a little bit unknown and things like that. But it was just like, Oh, like, do I have the skills to do this? And uh, part of my job was to remind you, well, yes, you wouldn't have been a candidate if they didn't think that you, checked some of the boxes so I think it's just really interesting to be able to reflect on that and be like oh yeah they're you know and and this might be the first of many opportunities for you to to check that not good enough monster oh he's always lurking and that comes from (laughs) underlying things that April and I talk about but yeah uh, you know we try to tame that beast but you know there's certain areas where that beast is tamed and then there's areas, like I said, like this is a whole, like it, it feels like a new world. So that, that it, the beast has a very, very big stage to perform on and get in my head and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and do its, do its work. And it's kind you of funny. You gotta scare right? it back through his cave. <laughs> yeah. Well, and normally, you know, my big thing is I try to, my, it's, it's trying to ch- channel fear and nerves into excitement. Yeah. And I struggled doing that for this. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. It was uh, so it's it's just interesting to see. But the good thing is, is that, you know, now I, we have the benefit of looking at hindsight and trying to kind yeah. of work, work through it. So when a situation like that happens again and I'm living in that moment, um, I can provide some awareness and try to kind of calm down the situation as opposed to just let it, you know, drive me nuts for, you know, 48 hours. Well, and that's why we feel like the reflective process is so, so important where, you know, it's not a piece of beating yourself up or, or that it's really being able to be open-minded, objective, honest, non-judgmental. And the most important piece of this process that we go through anytime this happens is, um, can you have self-compassion and empathy for what you went through and not beat up on that version of yourself that thought that you weren't good enough. And so, and, and that can be the most difficult piece for a lot of people is just being compassionate. Like, well, well, I should have been better and all of this stuff. It's just like, or you could just be gentle and kind with yourself to be like, yeah, that was a complete, one of the things that we did talk about. This was, this was new and novel. Like when was the last time you had a job interview? Probably like 20, 25 years ago. And then, so this is something that you haven't had to do. I'm just trying to think of like the last time you actually had a job job oh, <laughs> that, that been, you create yourself. Been, maybe, right? It would have been internally within ATB when I was moving into uh, business banking. So okay. 2009. <laughs> so not that long ago, but yeah. Yeah, you know, like, it's just, it's important to remind ourselves of just like, yeah, you haven't had to do that for a while. And then I think that there's this layer of 
this was exactly what you were saying. This was something that you were excited for and yet it turned into nervousness. And, and from a, the neuroscience perspective, the hormones that are released when we talk about nervous and excitement are the same. The way that we perceive them is attached to the story that, that, that we relate to the circumstances that have caused that to that feeling to come to the surface. So we could then knowing that we can then start to make a choice to shift our mindset and our perception of that feeling, that embodied feeling of nervous or excited, and we can change the narrative on it. So it can be, um, and again, to use a rugby analogy, I used to, like, I played rugby for a very long time, high level, every single kickoff. And I was always like, I was a starting player, every single kickoff, I would stand out on that field and feel like just horrible. I feel like I'd want to throw up and I'm shaking. I'm, and and it, it could have been nervousness or it could have been excitement. And as soon as the whistle blew and the other, and we, we either kicked off or the other team kicked off to us, it was gone. It was absolutely gone. And it took some time, but I was able to rework that of like, am I nervous? Like, no, I know what I'm doing. I know how to play this game. I know what my first hit's going to be like, and this is now excitement, but that can take some time. And it's just interesting that this was an opportunity for you to look at that and be like, oh yeah, this became nervousness instead of excitement, which is maybe where it should have been housed. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a story about me, but I think this is a situation that we all face and feel in that, uh, you know, I think the, 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 the lesson or the knowledge or whatever we want to share about this is just, being aware of what's driving you to feel that way uh, yeah. and, and processing and, and learning and trying to deal with it to kind of bring down the internal noise and chaos that it's creating. And I think, uh, and uh, speaking personally for myself, and this is something that I continue to work on is that I will avoid or turn down opportunities where the difference between nervousness and excitement is, is difficult for me. And I don't like that feeling. And therefore I will, I will sabotage opportunities to feel that way. And so that's something that I'm starting to work on. And, and Jay actually helps me on the inverse where like, you are always kind of that, like go getter personality that you're just like, well, let's just make this happen. Let's just make Mm -hmm. this happen. And, um, and so then I can look at it from that opportunity and be like, well, yeah, what's the worst that would happen? that it doesn't or, or what have you. Right. So that's something that, you know, the inverse can also be true where we just stop ourselves from even feeling that feeling because it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think just to like recap for people when it comes to like, from a coaching perspective, the way that we kind of work through this is that a feeling of overwhelm is identified, whatever that overwhelm is. So it could be sadness, grief, anger, um, in this, in this time, kind of like this stress, nervousness, excitement, it can also be on the other end too. It can be feeling really elated and joyful about something and not knowing what to do with those feelings. And so once those serve, those feelings come to the surface and we identify, we have to identify, how do I feel? And we often then put that into the body and we put words to it so that we can start to understand because we have to move it from the limbic brain, which is the emotional center to the cortex neocortex prefrontal cortex of like let's add some language to it let's make it understandable and then we figure out is what i'm thinking about this feeling true 
And most often the answer is no. And then, so then we can kind of illuminate, okay, well, what is true about this and what isn't true? And then is there anything to be done? Because sometimes there isn't, especially when we look at something about like grief or maybe extreme joy, there is nothing to be done but to experience the feeling and allow it to complete its cycle within the body and just experience that. But sometimes there is something to be done. And that's what I asked Jay specific to this situation is like, is there anything you can do? Can you talk to anybody about feedback? Or also, is this just a a lesson in patience? Because you're eventually going to get the feedback. You're either going to get it or you're not. And so you just have to either continue to ruminate or let it go and wait for the results. So determining if there's anything to be done. And then if the answer is yes, then we can create kind of a task list around that where we can tackle some of the pieces around it. For example, this might mean apologizing to someone in order to resolve an issue, for example. Um, And then after that, we go back into, okay, so now how do you feel? So we always complete the loop and we always come back to the feeling where essentially we want to end up somewhat neutral and resolved. We want to feel, okay, I understand that I still might feel a little bit stressed about this, but overall, like typically what people say is, yeah, I feel a little bit better. Um, So that then we can continue to move forward through life without feeling like we're stuck um, in a certain place or position um, with what we were going through. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Long pregnant pause there, but yes. So, so yeah, so that's just an example of our process. And, and luckily this one had a happy ending for Jay and we're looking forward to being able to hear your announcement when you're, when you're able to share with us what this was and people can then reflect back. We can direct people back to this, this podcast and they can kind of see, um, probably why it meant so much much for you um, and why it affected you as deeply as it did. Well, and even if, you know, working on the other side, if I didn't get it, just working through how to process that, because I know it would have hit me hard. Um, yeah. Initially, it would have felt like a huge sense of failure. But, you know, I think there it'd be trying to still celebrate the fact that the, the opportunity even presented itself and that yeah, I think it could happen again. So um uh, because that's all i was thinking about was you know i'm gonna get the call it's gonna be a no and then i'm just gonna like dwell on this failure for a while and that's that but you know it's also i want to like take the learnings from this of like well okay well what if i did fail like yeah or what if the next time i fail um just dealing with that and you know trying to take the the learnings from this experience uh to look at it from both sides totally all right. Well, if, uh, if anyone has any questions or comments after this, or you want to touch base with us, maybe you're in a similar situation or you have something that you want to process, please feel free to reach out. And uh, we look forward to the next time we get to interact with you. Well, we had a great webinar today, so I look forward to meeting more okay. people. Yes, me too. All <laughs> right. Until next time. <laughs> Bye, All everyone. Right. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the YAG Hustle podcast. You can find out more about our free Hustle Hang webinars or opportunities to work further with us in a coaching, consultant, or mentorship program through our Instagram at YAGHustle underscore. And we look forward to seeing you soon.